revival is happening all over the world, not just in North America, but in every nation. I was so honored and privileged to be a part of the Europe Middle East Youth Congress uh, this last week, and I was in the company of of friends. It was hosted by Daniel and Christine Patterson, who are missionaries to Romania, Brother Mark Brown, and Brother Michael Tuttle. These are some heroes of the faith, in my opinion, and we had a great time talking about our daily relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that there is a very strong emphasis on the importance of a daily relationship with God. And what I loved about this conversation, I I was so honored to just be a small part of it, uh, which you can just... uh, as you listen, you can draw your own opinion, but there's so much insight about the importance and the benefits of what happens when you pray and read the Word of God. Well, once the conversation was over, I believe I believe they said that it reached about 30 countries that we were able to speak to through the Europe Middle East Youth Congress. What an awesome opportunity to be a part of that and to be a small part of the revival that's happening in those territories. Well, um, Brother Daniel Patterson, I reached out to him, and they so graciously uh, agreed to let me post that conversation on the podcast today. So noteworthy listeners, uh, you're going to be able to tune in and listen to this podcast with Daniel Christine Patterson, Mark Brown, myself, and Brother Michael Tuttle. Uh, So we're going to dive into that. But before we dive into that conversation, I wanted to say thank you to all who have left comments and reviews on the podcast. It's been overwhelming um, that you guys have been doing that. I love hearing your feedback. So thank you so much for doing that. And as promised, I wanted to give a couple shout outs. Uh, I can only do about two per episode, but I'm going to catch up with all of you and give you a shout out. Uh, from your review on the show. On July 13th, Joy of Blessing said, Thank you so much for setting an example of excellence. These podcasts have shaped the way I do interviews in addition to providing good apostolic meat for thought. I've recommended this podcast so many times, and I will continue to do so. For anyone just starting to listen, binge these, but take notes for later. Your ministry and walk with God will be blessed the more you allow the word to digest. Thank you so much, Joy of Blessing. And, uh, you know, I, I can only see uh, your username. So if you don't leave your name in the comment, I'm not able to see who you are, but you know who you are. And thank you for leaving those kind words. Acts 238 Revival said, Each one of these podcasts is filled with a sincere authenticity where the listeners should be able to easily sense the depth and walk with God that Nathan and his wife have. As a public school high school teacher, I'm fully aware of how being relevant to this next generation is so important when trying to convey a message. The host of this podcast, Nathan, speaks with great sensitivity, genuine authenticity, power and relevance to convey the message of Christ to all who hear. Listen, grow, and sometimes laugh as these messages enrich your walk with God. Oh, thank you so much for those kind words. And guys, it means the world. I, I, I get behind, but I read every single one of them. And it's so much encouragement uh, and affirmation to keep spreading the gospel 
uh, through this great resource of podcasting. There's so many more that I'm going to read later on the podcast. I'm going to catch up, but thank you guys for doing that. The Noteworthy Podcast is literally spreading all over the world uh, because you guys listen. You make it possible. And when you leave ratings and reviews, it puts the podcast in front of more people and helps get the word out. So guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Nathan French. This is the Noteworthy Podcast, and we're going to tune into this conversation about a daily walk with God with Daniel and Christine Patterson, Mark Brown, myself, and Brother Michael Tuttle. Guys, thanks for tuning in. This conversation is going to bless you. Let's go. So today our panelists are Mark Brown. Brother Brown is a pastor in Watertown, South Dakota, Jesus Church, a great man of God that has uh, been very sought after to talk about this very subject that we're talking about today, daily devotion. And uh, Brother Brown has served as a youth president of the South Dakota District, church planting, and also recently elected as a district superintendent of South Dakota. And so we're very excited to have Brother Brown with us here today. God bless you. Uh, Our other panelist today is uh, Brother French. Uh, Brother French is a great man of God that is also involved in youth ministry in his local church and also involved in music ministry, a worship leader. In fact, him and his wife have several CDs and music uh, out. And so I encourage you all to check that out on Apple Music or Spotify on their podcast as well, Noteworthy. And um, from Georgia, brother and sister French are from Georgia, Jonesboro, Georgia at Apostolic Tabernacle, UPCI. So we're so thankful to have brother French here today. Also, we're joined by our regional director, brother Michael Tuttle, and so glad that he is able to join us here today. And I would like him to start off this session with a word of encouragement and prayer, because we know that uh, we need the direction of the Lord. And after Brother Tuttle prays, we would like to go ahead and open the subject if Brother Brown can uh, open after Brother Tuttle's prayer and following Brother Brown, if Brother French, you can continue on opening the subject before we get into any of our questions. God bless you. Brother Tuttle. Great. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Brother Patterson and uh, Sister Patterson. You folks are doing a great work. Appreciate our uh, EME Youth Commission that is led by Brother Adam Hundley. Appreciate all the work that you guys have put into this and all of the background people who've helped to make this uh, come to pass. Uh, This is first class. I am so pleased and so uh, proud of all that you guys are doing Uh, to help reach and to encourage the young people across the Europe Middle East region. Uh, I'm just going to say one little scripture and then I'm going to pray because I I believe this is an important, important aspect for our young people, the daily walk, your walk with God in this particular hour, especially with all of the confusion, with all of this virus stuff, this pandemic and all the other things that are happening in our world. Uh, Something is happening. Something is culminating. Something is coming to uh, to a head, it's going to, something is out there. 
And uh, whichever direction this goes, we have to be ready. We have to be prepared. The scripture says in, in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he that delights in his way. I want us to learn how to be that good man, that good person by doing the right thing so that our steps will be ordered of the Lord. It's not a matter of trying to find the will of God. It's a matter of trying to find the right thing to do so that he will direct our steps. And that's our key. I thank Brother Brown and Brother French for their time uh, to take that they've taken to, to speak to our young people and to encourage them in their daily walk with the Lord. Uh, let's pray. Father, I pray and I thank you for your love and your mercy. I thank you for all that you've done for our young people and are doing for our young people. I thank you, God, that the uh, word of God is alive yet today in this 21st century, as this 21st apostolic church will move forward just as the first apostolic church in the first century. This 21st century church, Lord God, will move forward with the apostolic message. Bless and encourage us as our young people uh, walk in your ways. I pray for uh, Brother Brown and Brother French, the Pattersons, Lord God, as they direct and, and encourage our young people. Anoint them, I pray, with, a, with an anointing. God, in this unusual type of setting, God, your spirit is here. Your word is here. The power of God is here. And it knows no barriers and no boundaries. It works through all sorts of means and medias. And we're using this media of the internet right now. And we pronounce a blessing and an anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, so be it. God bless you, brethren. Look forward to a great meeting. Amen. Brother Brown, please go ahead and uh, open our subject, whatever you would like to talk about the, your experience and daily walk with God. God bless you. God bless. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I love the subject matter about our daily walk with God and uh, a life of devotion and consecration should be at the forefront of our lives. And, um, you know, I, I basically have learned by experience that, uh, we we assume that as Christians, everybody knows how to have a daily walk with God or is having a daily walk with God. But over the past uh, number of years, I've been serving across our fellowship, just taking a pulse and statistics of people in their prayer life and their Bible reading life, that uh, prayer is the most respected, but it's the most neglected. And same thing with Bible reading. It's even far less than people's prayer lives. And so it's very important. And we all have the same starting point. I have the same starting point as you all have had. And that is a non-existent prayer life, a non-existent devotional life. And so we all start at the same place. And it wasn't until the last year, just a few weeks before Jesus was crucified, where the disciples worked up the courage after being with him for three and a half years to even asked the question, Lord, teach us to pray. And uh, if we're not careful, we'll ask that question too late, and it will be too late. But it's a great question to be asking now uh, as we are living in these perilous times. And uh, prayer and Bible reading, in my experience, uh, has just been such a game changer for me. I don't claim to be the greatest person in the, wor uh, in, in the Word of God and the greatest at praying. Uh, but I am striving to grow uh, on a regular basis. 
And, um, you know, I've had two uh, monumental moments in my devotional life. One was as a, a young person struggling uh, to live for God. Um, basically, I could not figure out why I couldn't break the cycle of dysfunction. I couldn't break the cycle of sin. I just basically went from Sunday to Sunday. Uh, I'd get my blessing on Sunday. It'd be fantastic. Uh, and then basically Monday through Saturday would just be failure. Um, and then Sunday would be just another session of repentance and praise and worship at a service and the rest of the week failure. And I couldn't figure out, it sounds so simple, uh, but I could not figure out why I couldn't overcome my addiction and sin. Uh, but then when I began to pray and read my Bible on a daily basis, that's when I found liberty. That's when I found deliverance. And when I basically uh, redirected my time instead of being dialed into video games and movies and getting dialed into prayer and the word of God, all of a sudden everything changed. The next season or shift was when we came out to South Dakota at the age of 22 to start a church. We've been out here for 14 years and um, I was struggling to have breakthrough, to overcome the atmosphere of uh, where the region I'm in. and. I, I couldn't figure out why I was struggling, but then it dawned on me later that when I was at Indiana Bible College, going to church like seven times a week at least, and uh, being in the atmosphere just full of faith and uh, intensity and passion, that I was relying on other people's consecration. I was relying on other people's devotional life. And when I came to South Dakota as a church planner, I couldn't rely on anybody else's. I had I was solely responsible to create the atmosphere here and to overcome uh, the battles that we had, and uh, it was a very a difficult uh, process. And I wish I would have learned it sooner than later. But it took me to the next level from just praying the bare minimum of you know 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day uh, to digging in deeper because each season of life is going to require something more in a, a that God wants from us. And, and when I begin to increase my Bible reading life and my prayer life, all of a sudden God began to help give me direction and victory in this area that we're in. And thanks be to God that we've experienced some amazing revival and miracles in Watertown, South Dakota. And that is just a few things. I learned the value of daily prayer and Bible reading. Thank you, Brother Brown, so much for that. Amen. Brother French? Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, first of all, I just want to say uh, what an honor it is to be with y'all on the call today. Uh, Brother Daniel, Sister Christine, thank you for the invitation. And I count it an honor to be on the call with my friend uh, Mark Brown and Brother Sister Tuttle. So honored to be on the call with you all today. Uh, we go back with uh, Brother Brown way back to his IBC days, so he's an old friend of the French family, and love and respect him uh, very much. <clears throat> I'm thankful that we're we're taking the time to talk about the importance of your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, and I thank you guys for picking this topic. Uh, I'm a youth pastor here in the Atlanta area in Jonesboro, Georgia, and I've been striving to to pound it into my students, as youth pastors often do, the importance of your daily relationship with Jesus Christ. I would, I would say that daily prayer 
is absolutely essential if if you want to see revival in your mind, in your family, in your school, in your church, in your city, it starts with prayer. And uh, I've I've seen it over and over again. I think we've all seen it. I'll probably get some amens for any pastors that are watching. Is that pastors all over the world, not just in Europe and the Middle East, right here in the United States, are battling to preach to people that never pray except for on Sundays. And they struggle to break through in their congregation because people only pray at church on Sunday. And um, if you're taking notes, just write this down. Revival is not something that just takes place on Sundays. Revival is when people start praying out in the streets, in their homes, at their jobs, on their campuses. And, you know, in my life over the past couple of years, I've just really felt like the Lord started convicting me. You know, Nathan, you're not, I'll just be honest on the call. You know, the Lord, sometimes he has to slap me on the back of the head and say, Nathan, you got to wake up. And sometimes that's how God deals with me. And the Lord started convicting me. You know, uh, the last few years we've had uh, my friend, Brother Joe Campatella, come preaching revivals for us. And and he would push prayer. And can you pray an hour a day? Now, I remember the day I got really convicted is when the preacher said, who can commit to pray 10 minutes a day? bunch of people raise their hand. Who can commit to pray 30 minutes a day? A few people raise their hand. Who can pray an hour a day? Hardly anybody raised their hand. And something hit me in here. I wasn't being judgmental of anybody else, but I thought, why would I hesitate to pray an hour a day? What is it inside of me uh, that doesn't feel like I can commit to that? What is it in the room? And so I started searching my heart and I found that, uh, that when you live a life of prayer, you know, there are benefits of prayer. And I think that if people would think about what's going to happen when we begin to pray, what's going to happen with your relationship with God, you're not just investing in your present, you're investing in your future. When you begin to pray, Cornelius was an example of building a legacy of prayer in Acts 10 and 4. It says, when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. The Gentiles experienced the power of the Holy Ghost because somebody built a legacy of prayer and took time to pray. And when Jesus taught us to, to pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread. It is a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't live on yesterday's devotion. And so when you look in the book of Exodus, in Exodus 16 and 21, I'm quickly going to wrap this up, but it says they gathered it every morning, talking about manna. They gathered it every morning according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. Why? Because God wanted the children of Israel to know, I know I provided for you today, but you're going to need me again tomorrow. You're going to need me again tomorrow. So every day that I wake up, I need the Lord. You can't live on yesterday's manna. God made it so that this manna is just for today. Tomorrow, you're going to need daily bread.
And so living for God is an everyday life. It's something you have to do every day. And uh, I have so many prayer warriors at my church, uh, Sister Cole, Sister Pender, Sister Lucas. These are uh, grandmothers to me in the spirit at my church. And I thank God for people uh, that take time to pray. So thank you for that subject today. Uh, And I'm believing that that's what's going to change the world. That's what's going to change our students and our cities uh, and our nations is that when we begin to pray and say, God, I'm going to commit to pray because something happens when we pray. Amen. That is some great, great things that we can apply to our lives. Amen. We can't live on yesterday's manna. Amen. Please, uh, everyone, uh, Feel free to comment on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, ask a question to us all. We want to be able to take your questions because we know that you guys are uh, youth groups and youth pastors. Please go ahead and leave us a comment uh, for any of our panelists here today. Uh, as I mentioned, some of the things that they, ministries they are involved in, such as branch and music ministry and, and Brother Brown and leading a district. Uh, you will see some of the things that uh, maybe you want to comment or have them comment on those things. Uh, But going on to Brother Brown, Brother Brown, we want to ask you a question. How do we effectively enter into the presence of God on a daily basis? Not getting into a rut, but how do we enter into God's presence where we feel his presence on a daily basis? Brother Brown. Yeah, great question. it first starts with a decision. If we always, you know, start something waiting for a feeling, uh, that day may never come. Um, though I know in, in Pentecost, uh, inspiration, we get that all the time. You know, inspiration is like Pentecost drug of choice. Um, but our problem is application. And feelings fade. Feelings come and go rather quickly. Uh, and so it's very important. I mean, if you have that feeling to pray, then go for it. But ultimately, it's a decision. And it has to start with the decision that this is, this is what I need to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And then after that decision, you got to make the execution. You got you to perform it. And if you want to be successful tomorrow, the best way is to plan today. And so when, when somebody picks a time and a place, you're already you're already making progress. Very few people have a scheduled time and a designated place. If you do not have a scheduled time and a designated place, the probability of you accomplishing your goal is less likely. I'm not saying it's impossible because there are people that are spontaneous and they're faithfully spontaneous in prayer. Um, but ultimately, for a devotional life, a daily life of prayer in the Word. You need to designate a time and a place, and um, and feeling won't get you there. It's we we walk by faith and not by feeling. Um, feelings come and go. God is not a feeling. Now I do love to feel the presence of God. I do love to feel that atmosphere, but for me personally, and this may sound weird, but I I I don't feel God all too often where I live. I feel the battle very often. I feel darkness around me very often. But I, if I base my prayer life, if I feel God, 
then more times than often I'm going to struggle. And so what I've learned to do is by faith, I'm going to pray regardless because this is what I do. And eventually over time, feelings will come and unctions will come, but you got to set it in your heart. This is, this is how you can be effective to enter into the presence of God. Another thing, you know, when you do start off your prayer, if you want that feeling, one of the most untapped or unpracticed elements of prayer is thanksgiving. Far too often our prayer is requests. Uh, and if we would learn to give thanks, all of a sudden there would be a spirit of appreciation comes on you. And our Heavenly Father, when he hears thanks, when he hears appreciation, you will feel his presence. And so I've learned to be very thankful in the opening of my prayer, basically complimenting God, what we would call praise, and just thanking God. And I continually do that. And I just keep it going. And eventually when I sense that appreciation, that presence of God, then I would move forward into prayer. Um, I'll keep the answer short because I know we're trying to go through a lot of questions here. Thank you, Brother Brown, for that answer. I think that is something that is so true. And I, even when I think back to my own, or just think in general, my own personal walk with God, or any time during today, how often have I just gave thanks to the Lord? And I think that's something that each of us can do more. You can never thank God enough for all that he has done and for who he is. Um, so thank you for the answer, Brother Brown. Uh, Brother French, I want to direct this question to you. And so, as you know, as all of us know very clearly, we are going through a global pandemic with COVID-19, and it has shaken a lot of people, uh, all of us, churches, across the world, it has affected us. And we found ourselves at home probably more than ever before. Um, what are your thoughts on using this downtime or free time for personal devotion, and how do we accomplish that, or how are we effective with that? Yeah, and that's a that's a really great question, and it's a very relevant question because we're all facing it right now, right? We're online right now. We're on Zoom right now because of situations like this, and every church is having to face it. I do want to start by saying I'm so proud of, of the United Pentecostal Church for the initiative that they have taken in preaching the gospel through this pandemic. It has been absolutely mind-blowing how innovative I've seen churches become, uh, you know, you've got churches that have $100,000 camera systems and churches that have an iPhone SE, right? So we're trying to figure out uh, where are we at? What, what can my church do? And so all my life, it seems that the number one excuse for, for not praying and reading your Bible, right, is a lack of time. Well, it's been really interesting because people have a lot more time than, than they used to have. And uh, they say, I don't have time to pray. I'm too busy. I'm working. I'm, you know, some people uh, are so busy in church, they don't take time to pray. My Lord, my goodness. But I've heard excuses like this um, for years. The truth can, uh, the truth is, in my opinion, people make time for what they love. If you love to golf, you will make time to golf, no matter how busy you are. If you love to play video games, you're, you're probably going to make time for that, no matter what your schedule looks like. And if you love the Lord, you will make time for the Lord. And we're in a unique position right now where uh, we have a little more time than usual, but uh, time doesn't necessarily equal devotion, 
right? A lot of people aren't using their time uh, to get closer to the Lord. And I think that it's important that we take a look at our heart in this season and say, what do I love? Because whatever you're taking time for is going to equal what you love the most. If you love the Lord, right? If you love your wife, I love my wife, Rachel, with all my heart. I'm going to take time for her every day. I'm going to talk to her every day. I love the Lord. I'm going to talk to him every day, right? And so, you know, just for an example, uh, when, when we love prayer, right? See, a lot of people don't pray because they haven't developed a love for prayer. And if you're like me, the first 15 minutes of prayer is just killing out my flesh. It's not really fun, right? I'm just killing that old man. You know, the first 15 minutes to me isn't super enjoyable. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. But when you break past that flesh, you begin, it, it gets exciting, right? And, and anybody that has prayed for long enough to break into the presence of God will know what I'm talking about, that it's exciting and it's mesmerizing when you get into the presence of God. That is when you develop a love for prayer. When you read the word of God uh, and he reveals something to you you've never seen before, if you're like me, I read it 10 times. And on the 11th time, I'm like, wow, that's powerful because it takes me 10 times for the Lord to show me. And when you experience those things, you develop a love for it. And when you, when you love the things of God, it becomes easier to make time for the things of God. I would encourage you. And I've, I've actually been able to talk to Brother Brown about this on the podcast was that uh, he had some really great advice that take time for the Lord in the morning. Give him your first fruits. Give him the beginning of your day. That's something that helps me. I have two. Uh, my wife and I have two boys, Judah and Ezra. Judah is two. Ezra is nine months old. When they wake up, there's not a lot of prayer going on except Lord save them. You know, Lord keep them from killing themselves. Things like that because they're always trying to fall off the bed or whatever. And so I try to take that time before they wake up uh, to make sure I have time. My my son Judah, I'll close with this and pass it back to you. My son Judah loves chocolate milk. And uh, it can't just be chocolate milk, though. It has to be the Nesquik. Uh, you know, have to have regular milk and you have to have the Nesquik chocolate. And you have to pour the chocolate in and mix it. It can't just be pre-bought chocolate milk, okay? He's picky about it. And so he would ask me every day, Daddy, I want chocolate milk. So we'd go, we'd make the milk. We'd pour the milk in, we'd make it. And it blew my mind, but every time I finished stirring the chocolate milk, poured it in the glass, poured the Nesquik in, stirred it up, when I twisted the lid onto his sippy cup, he would always begin to cry. And I couldn't figure it out. You said you wanted chocolate milk, you know? If there's any dads on the call, you know the frustration, right? And uh, Brother and Sister Patterson, hallelujah, it's, it's gonna be exciting. You're gonna love it. You're gonna get lots of chocolate milk stories. But um, every time I would twist that on, it, he would cry. And the next day, daddy, I want chocolate milk. I'd twist the lid on, he would cry, tears would fall down. Finally, I went to my wife, Rachel, and said, sweetheart, I don't understand. He said he wants chocolate milk. I made him the milk he's crying. And, you know, as you know, your wife has way more wisdom than the husband. So she, in her wisdom, uh, began to tell me that, sweetheart, it's, it's not about the milk. It's about the time making the milk. 
It's about the time spent together. And when you twist that lid on, he associates that with time with daddy coming to a close, that that time is over. And I think that that, that love that I saw of him wanting to spend time with his father, it impacted me. I, I, you know, I'm a little sappy, so a tear fell in that moment for me. And I thought to myself, I, I, I want to spend time with the Lord, right? It, it's not necessarily, you know, what do I pray or how great am I at praying? How strategic am I? Those things are all great, but it's so important just to take time, take time to spend with the Lord, dedicate that time. It's not about the milk. It's not about just the things that you feel like are mundane. God is working in those moments. And when you take time for him, there's something very powerful that happens. Amen. That is a wonderful story. I appreciate that so much. And amen. Um, I'm going to uh, ask a question now from, uh, from YouTube. Amen. We have a comment. We have two questions, uh, one from the Mason family and the Hunley family. And we want to, I'm going to kind of put these questions together. Um, they go like this. So uh, they say, how do we get the motivation or desire to start praying and reading the word? I'll address this uh, to Brother Brown. And the other question is, what are some creative ways that you can pray and get into the word? So what is the motivation or some creative ways that, that you can pray and get into the word, Brother Brown? Good. Um, again, I, um, motivation, inspiration, if you get that to pray, that's a, that's a great thing. But more times than often, you know, you're ultimately going to have to revert back to the decision. I am deciding to do this. This is, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a person that prays. And so it's, it's, it's a determination. It's a mindset um, that this is what I do. This is my life. But for a motivation is, you know, like Brother French mentioned a moment ago, when you, when you begin, it's sometimes not all that exciting. It's not all that um, energetic. Uh, it's, it's fleshing out, killing that flesh. But for me personally, like I, I absolutely hate mornings with a passion. I can't, I can't stand them, but I, I have to do it. Like where a friend said, you got children. So I got to get up before my kids. Like I get up before my family. So I get up at five o'clock in the morning, though I can't stand it. But my goal is I'm going to spend the first three hours of my morning with God. That's what I'm going to do, combining prayer and the word. And so what I've learned is like when I'm, I'm falling asleep, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it, and I'm, I'm praying or reading my Bible, I make this statement to God. I'm like, God, I'm only awake because I love you. The only reason why I'm up right now is because I want you. And time and time again, and it's the most honest, sincere statement I could possibly make in the moment because I don't like mornings. But when I say that, I, I literally, it's like I feel the presence of God and God moves saying, I know that's why you're up. And because you're up, I'm here with you. And God and I, it's, it's, the, it's the relationship aspect of it. And when I begin to see the benefits of what my devotional life is doing, what it's producing it makes life so much better. It makes me want to get up. So like uh, this morning when I woke up, I was just like, oh my goodness, I'd rather sleep in. But I drug myself out because I, I have learned the joy that I have 
from a day that starts off with prayer versus a day that I missed my prayer and I'm rushed into it yeah, because I feel like I'm exposed, I'm vulnerable, I'm not prepared. You know, I, I think about like the armor of God, uh, an athlete, you, you, you'll never see an athlete stumbling, looking around for his helmet or shoulder pads or cleats uh, to when they're called to go out on the field or on the court. They're, they're laced up. They're ready to go. They got everything. And that's what our day is like. You know, I want to be suited up from head to toe with the whole armor of God before I step out of sight of my house. Because I know outside there, it's a battlefield. And if I go outside without prayer, if I go outside in this world without the word, I, I'm not prepared for my day. And my day, I'm not as successful as if I would have been if I would have had the whole armor of God on in prayer and in the word. And so that motivates me, knowing that if I don't get up, I'm probably going to get beat up. But if I get up and I'm prayed up, I'm going to defeat whatever is formed against me when I step out into society. And so for me personally, it's a great motivating factor. Uh, the relationship that I have with God and the preparation I'll have when I go out into this world. Uh, and then seeing those prayers answered is a great motivation, especially when you begin to see the fruit of your prayers when you see somebody healed, when you see somebody saved, when you see it answered prayer, uh, it, it makes you realize this is real. This is not just some ritual, but this is a real thing. Like God is actually listening, even though sometimes it feels like nobody's in the room listening to me other than myself. But then also when you see the answer is the more detailed you are in prayer in private, and then the answer comes back just like it was in detail you know God really was there, God really heard, and God really came through. And you realize the value of your prayer because it produces results, as it says in James 5, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. Thank you, Brother Brian, for that. And I think that that's some great things for each of us to take and implement into our daily lives. We want to be prepared for what is what lies ahead. We don't know what lies ahead. God knows and he will give us the strength to do that in Jesus name. I have a question I'd actually like to direct to all of our panelists today. Um, as you know, we're here with the Youth Congress and there's young people from all different ages, backgrounds, cultures. And so I would like to ask this question in such a way as what is some advice that you have for young men, young women who are pursuing ministry? And maybe we can title it almost like a letter, Dear Future Minister. And I'll let it, leave that open for you to um, answer. What we'll do is we'll start with Brother French. And then after Brother Brian, if you just want to go ahead and uh, respond after Brother French. And if Brother Tuttle, if you're still um, available to give an answer for that, you can go ahead and follow on after that. We want as much advice as possible from each of you, from your ministries. And um, yes, Dear Future Minister. Yes, that's a that's an awesome question. <clears throat> I would like to start out by saying that there are some powerful uh, young people rising up to be used by God in this hour. We've seen it so much uh, in North America, but all over the world. You know, I was so blown away at uh, North American Youth Congress that morning that Brother Brown uh, preached. You just saw this. It was like a thirty-six thousand person army. Uh, rising up. There's something powerful that's happening. But my, uh, outside of prayer and fasting, which I know that's, we've, we've talked about that a lot. I'll get a little, just a little more practical with my answer. 
Um, outside of prayer and fasting, I would say there are two things that are essential if you feel the call of God into ministry. And that first is to make sure you have a pastor uh, in your life. And by a pastor, I don't just mean a preacher, not just somebody that preaches to you, but you have a pastor. You have somebody that you speak to, somebody that you're accountable to. And if you don't have someone in your life that can tell you what to do, then you don't have a pastor, right? <laughs> your pastor needs to be able to tell you what to do. If, if you won't listen to them, then they're just a preacher to you. They're not your pastor. And you will see something happen in your life when you submit to your pastor. I'm telling you, this is going to help somebody. If you think you can work for God without a pastor, uh, you haven't read your Bible and you're, and you're probably not praying very much like we were talking about earlier. People that can't submit to a man of God that they can see will never submit to an invisible God that they can't see. The anointing flows from the head down. If you step out from submission, you step out of the anointing of God on your life. And then secondly, I tell all of my students this, serve where the need is at. It's amazing how many young people feel called to preach, but they won't take the trash out after the youth afterburner. It's amazing how many people tell me they're called to lead worship, but they don't want to get there early to practice. And, uh, you know, if you want to be used by God, you have to be willing to serve and do whatever is needed. You know, I learned a long time ago in my church that the people in my church uh, respect my preaching, but really when they show me the most respect is when I'm taking out the garbage or they see me there till midnight uh, after the youth rally. That's when they really begin to respect you and say that person is called to ministry. And it doesn't matter how prayed up you are if you never apply it and work for God. You know, Wayne Huntley uh, once said uh, to me, we were in a small minister's panel, and he said, uh, winning in ministry is a lot like winning in tennis because it's all in how you serve. Be submitted to your pastor and whatever's needed in your church, step in. If, if you know, whatever that need is, if, if you feel a call to preach and you don't pray, you don't teach Bible studies, uh, you don't take out the trash, you're not there early to help, then you might want to reevaluate because ministry is all about serving people. Amen. Dear future minister, I, I would strongly encourage you to uh, fall in love with people before pursuing a platform. Uh, it's, very, it's a very common thing right now. Um, I'm thankful for technological advancements. I'm thankful for social media. I'm thankful for events, um, but as a movement, a lot of our emphasis has placed someone's value on being on public display, being on a platform, which platform, what size platform. And before you ever pursue a platform, you need to pursue people because people are the souls that we're trying to reach. And uh, I've heard people whine and complain about you know, well, I never get an opportunity to preach. I never get an opportunity to sing. I never get an opportunity to play an instrument, you know, et cetera. Uh, but if your love really is about people, if you really want to minister, there's nothing stopping you from ministering to a person on any given day. And people that uh, in our church or that I've talked to in traveling, 
that bring up this topic, uh, I ask them, are you teaching a Bible study? And if they say no, I let them know. I don't feel bad for you. Because if you really feel the call to minister, you can do that any day, anywhere, with anyone. But the reality is if you probe into that, there's an appetite in our flesh that wants to be visible. We want to be seen. We want to be affirmed. We want to be valued because now we are displayed publicly and we seem as if we have accomplished something. But my, my worth and my value does not come from a platform. It comes from my private devotion life. Me in prayer and in the word in relationship with God. That's where I draw my value from. And so I would strongly encourage you, if you plan to be in the ministry, learn to live in private, in relationship with God and reaching what God loves, and that is people. And if we do that on a daily basis instead of an event basis, we'll find fulfillment. And I, I'm thankful that I could say the smallest part of my life, you know, is a platform. My life is a lot more than being on public display in a pulpit. I'm thankful for it. I don't, I don't uh, take it lightly and I appreciate it, but I am who I am before anyone ever saw me on the platform. I am who I am in private. And if we would get our, our private life strengthened with God, we'll find great value. But insecure people tech, tend to not have a strong devotional life. And Brother Tuttle, if you want to share um, a couple of words and for the next minute or so, and uh, we'll start getting ready for the service. We want to hear from you, dear future minister. Thank you, uh, Sister Patterson, Brother Patterson, Brother Brown, Brother French. Excellent uh, comments, excellent session here. And I, I think what Brother Brown was just talking about, as well as Brother French, both of those comments both those uh, advice instruction is very 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 important looking to the future looking to where you're going i think it is extremely important that you do have a pastor you will always have a pastor uh even when you become uh a uh, pastor yourself or a bishop or director you will still have a pastor you will still have a mentor somebody in your life somebody that can walk into your life and tell you hey, this and this and this, and speak the truth, and the truth speaker, and speak it into your life. Of course, doing it with uh, kindness and with love and, and gently, but they, you'll need that. You'll always need that, and you'll need to listen carefully to what they say. It might not always be what you want to hear. And then also your private life, as Brother uh, Brown was just saying, your your private life is so important, and that that happens in in the battlefield of your soul, which is your brain, your mind, your thoughts, you must learn to control your thoughts. If you do not control, if you do not learn how to control your thoughts, your thoughts will control you and it will direct the way you, you're going. Uh, the thought life of an individual teenager, uh, young adult, middle age, elderly person, no matter where you are in life, your thought life is so critical. And in in uh, in the scriptures, it talks about bringing every thought in captivity as a prisoner of war. 
if they're if they are rising up against your spirit against your walk with god against your future ministry that is an enemy to your soul and you need to capture them as a prisoner of war and bring them in chains to the obedience of jesus christ bring them to the cross bring that thought you don't talk, you don't need to ask god to, hey god rebuke that thought god's not going to rebuke that thought that's your thought you you came up with that it came in either by the eyes or the ears or something you 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 impression that you had your thought you have to capture it you have to wrap it in chains of the word of god and take it as a captive as a prisoner of war to the obedience of jesus christ and let it be killed let it be capital uh, a capital punishment uh, uh, pronounced against that evil wicked prisoner of war thought in your mind that you need to eliminate private life pastors mentors are extremely important for your future ministry this has been a great great time thank you brother and sister patterson and uh, the others who helped put this together i'll turn it back to the pattersons god bless you guys Thank you so much, Brother Toto. We value each and every of these uh, advice. We thank you so much for.